Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You are listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trapp. This week we're going to be looking at the Haftarah of Parshas Vayakel. Vayakel is, of course, a parsha which discusses the creation, the actual making of the Mishkan. And the parallel Haftarah is to be found in Melachim Aleph Perek Zion, Prosecute Gimel to Vav. And it is the discussion of the construction of the base Hamikdash. And we're going to hear some things which you don't hear about in the Mishkan, which are now actually in the base Hamikdash. Very fascinating details. There are three parts to the Torah. The one is the description of the architect, Hiram. Number two is um, the two pillars, Yachin and Boaz. And then the third part is the Yamshal Shlomo, this large uh, mikveh which is created in the base Hamikdash. Let's just unpack these as we go. First, we hear how Shlomo Melech sends to Tyre. Remember, Tyre is one of the main trading ports in the Mediterranean. It's a Phoenician port. Phoenicia is one of the northern uh, neighbors of the nation of Israel, and they have good relationships with Israel. There's a lot of trade relationships, and, and, and unfortunately, there's also a lot of assimilation, as we'll see the, through the course of Melachim. But uh, we, we see that Shlomo Melech sends up um, to Tyre, um, to Tsar, and he asks for an artisan, and he sent back a person by the name of Hiram. It is worthwhile noting that the king of, of Tyre also happens to be known as Hiram, but this is not that same person. It just happens to be a name which is popular in those days. So Hiram is sent, and we're told that he is the son of a Isha Almona, a, wo- a woman who is widowed from the family of Naphtali, but his father is Ish, sorry, a man of Tyre, and he has a great expertise in copper, um, copper melding and working with Chachma of the wisdom of um, of uh, copper work, and he comes and he comes to help Shlomo Melech. Just a few points to ponder before going further is that um, is that what, what was so special about him? So Rashi says, if you look at the pasuk, it describes that he has three different assets. He has vaymole es chachma ves hatvuna ves hadas. He's filled with these three types of wisdom. And Rashi points out based on Sukkim, that those were the three terms used to describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu's creating of the world. So he had some sort of divine spiritual knowledge, not just the fact that he had an artistic flair as well. Um, in fact, the Radak points out that he, um, he comes from a family of artisans, as is clear, uh, as is clear that, is, that when it describes the Apostolic, his father also was a, a person who worked with copper. And the Gemara learns from here, and the Radak quotes this, that we see from here that a person should stick in their family business. That, you know, if there's an expertise in the family and one has a proclivity towards it, one should continue that. Because here you have a man who clearly inherited some of those assets and was be able to was able to, to take it forward. He has apprenticeship with his father and he has a many intergenerational success in this as well. Um, now, why is he only called now? Because if you look at the actual section in Melachim, you'll notice that the base Midrash is almost complete at this point in time. Why is he only called in over here? So it could be that in Dirayamim, if you look at the order, he's actually called in at the very beginning of the process. But be it as it may, it seems that the focus here of the next, certainly two things that are being created are things which are related to the special unique copper smithing, um, and those are the Yachin Abbas, these pillars we're about to hear about, and the Shayam Shal Shlomo, so perhaps because we're dealing with the more intricate um, decor in the Beis Amigdash, that's why he's brought in now as well. It's worthwhile noting that in Dibra Yamim um, Aleph Perek Beis, when it describes who Hiram is, there he's named, he's called Huram, we were, we're told that he is Benijamim Benos Don, that he's from the woman from the tribe of Don, and his father is from 
Tsar, an Ish Tsari from a person from Tyre, which is strange because in Melachim it describes him as from the tribe of Natali, from his mother's side, and in Dereyamim it describes from Dan. So how do you understand this? So Rashi explains uh, there in Dereyamim that uh, in fact there are, um, uh, when it says his father was an Ish Tsari, it does not mean to say that his father, this is an intermarriage and his father was a Phoenician from Tyre, rather it just means to say that he was a Jew who was living, an Israelite who was living in Tyre, but he was called Ish Tsari, he was called a Tyrian man because he lived in Tyre. Um, but in fact, his father and mother came from different tribes, um, and one side came from, his mother was from Naphtali, his father was from Dan, and both sides are being emphasized here. Why do we need to know this? So Rabbi Chaim Angel makes the observation is that it seems that in Direi Hayamim, the focus seems to be connecting him to the biblical, to the Torah description of the creation of the Mishkan. And we know that the person who created the, um, the, one of the architects of the Mishkan in Sefer, in, in Sefer Shmois, in, in Parshas Shuma, and um, certainly in Parshas Vayakel, is, uh, um, is Achisabach, who came from Aliyah ben Achisamach Lamate Don. He came from the tribe of Don. So the emphasis over here of Don Dirayamim is to reconnect us to that biblical creation of the Mishkan, which is being replicated here in the Megdash as well. We then hear about Yachin and Boaz. So we hear about these two incredible pillars, which are going to be on the right and the left of the door, the entrance to the base of Megdash. And we hear about their, their height. I mean, just the main part of the trunk of these pillars is 18 Amos, you know, 30 something feet high. And um, on top of each one is then a chain work area. And then on top of that, there's like a sort of flower, a lily work area above that as well for five Amos and four Amos. So we're talking about really massive, massive pillars made out of copper. And it describes with intricate detail that the the types of patterns that were on the crowns that, that that adorned each of these pillars. What's most remarkable about them is the fact that they were given names. The one was called Yachin, and the other one was called Boaz. The right one is Yachin, the left one is called Boaz. It's worthwhile noting that Tiferi Sishal, Rav Lifshitz, in his commentary on the Mishnah, calls his two parts of his commentary Yachin and Boaz after this as well. But be it as it may, um, one has to ask why over here and why is this so special? So the Radak says is because this is to give chizuk, this is to give strength to those who are entering the Mishkan. Yachin means preparation, Boaz means the word strength. So anybody walking into the base of Mingdash, the Quranim serving on behalf of the nation of Israel to have the strength to do what they needed to do right, these pillars would remind them of that as well. The Ralbag says that actually relates to the different times of day and, uh, and the four quadrants of time um, relating to flora and fauna, and the Ralbagin has a very interesting scientific explanation as to why they were called such as well. The Chida, in his commentary, Chomas Anak, on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the Tanakh, points out that, that in fact it relates to the two of the reasons why we have a Beis Amigash. First, David Amalek, who's Yachin, he prepared all the supplies. He wanted to build the Beis Amigash, but he couldn't himself, but he put all the supplies for it. And then Boaz was the person who sacrificed essentially his future by going and marrying um, Rus in order to be able to produce a mon the, the, the line of David that would build the Beis Amigash. So we're going back historically to understand the underpinnings spiritually of why we got here today. The Malwin points out in, on a Kabbalistic level, is very explicit about this, that the 18... Um, Amos, the 18 cubits of the height, the main trunk of the these pillars was con to, to correspond to the 18 main vertebrae in the spine, which relates to the 18 links in between the, the higher and lower worlds, or the interlocking worlds. There's a lot of lot of spiritual um, ideas that are, that are embedded over here in the Yachin and Boaz. Finally, we hear about what's called the Yam Shel Shlomo. The Yam literally means a seed, so we hear about this very large um, container of water, 
which was uh, five amos in, 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 in height. That's ten, about 10 feet high, and it was about 20, uh, uh, 10 amos um, in diameter, which is about 20 feet wide. And we hear that it's got a 30 amos um, uh, circumference, and it's des uh, it described as sitting on 12 copper cows. Um, these cows were facing three one direction, three to one direction, three to one direction, three to the last direction and it would be filled with water as well. Very, very powerful description of this incredible edifice. What is it supposed to be? What, what's the point of this? So the Mozilla's points out that this is actually a mikveh. So the Kohanim is to be supplied with natural water, spring water, and um, the Kohanim would be able to do tevila here. This is not to be confused with the wash basins which were used for the Kohanim's hands and feet. This is in fact something which they would actually dip in themselves in preparation for the service. It is an interesting question is, is how could it be there's an image of the bull in the sanctuary? How could they make a in the Bazimelash 12 bulls? The Zohar actually says, or, or commenting on this, is that they were, this represents the, the tribes, like they were camped in the Midbar, 3333. That's the, 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 the way that it was done over here. And because HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed it in this specific way, it's to represent the, the, the unity of Klal Yisrael. However, later on, it does create problems. Later on, Yeravah and Benavot creates Egle Zahav in trying to stop the northern kingdom from coming down to the base of Migdash. And later on, we'll see Ahaz himself, when, when trying to give pay homage to the Assyrians, go, goes ahead and cuts off the, the top of the, the Yam Shoshlama, places on the floor, and sends them as a gift to the king of, of Assyria. So it has a negative ending, unfortunately. It's very risky when dealing with these kind of things. But how the dimensions work out is a big question because it's, it's just simply not true, Baronel points out. If you have a diameter of, of 10 amos, you don't have a circumference of 30 amos. You have 30 plus because of the relationship is, is pi, um, a diameter to, to, to circumference. So how does that work out? So Baronel says either you can say that it's general terms because, again, Tanakh is not giving us words which will give us decimal places, or is it, you can say it's measured from the inside of the circumference rather than the outside of the circumference, meaning the diameter is measured 10 amos from the internal uh, circumference. But there's, uh, um, sorry, the, and, uh, and, and the circumference which is just 30 is the internal one, not the external one, where the diameter is measured to the outside lip of it. And we know this is a thick lip because it has to contain so much water, it's an amma in, in width. However, there's a very famous Vilna Gaon over here, which makes the point that if you look over here in these Pesukim, the one word which is, which is a little off is the word Kav, which means to say line, which is referring to the diameter. It's spelled one way and written another way. So it's, it's said Kav, ka, Kuf, Vav, but it's actually spelled Kuf, Vav, He, Kava. And the, the, the Vilna Gaon points out that if you take the division between the two of them, of the, of the gematria, the numerical value of them, so that's 111 for kavod divided by 106 of kav, you get the, the value of 3.141509, which in fact is a pi to five, six decimal places, which means to say that the Tanakh cannot in words convey decimal places, but it does numerically um, over here as well, which is really a remarkable perspective. So we see just again the replication, the expansion of the building the Mishkan in the base of Mingdash with some remarkable spiritual um, ideas that are implanted in it as well. With this, we conclude our time. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.